Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, a.k.a. 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode on your Over the Monster Podcast Network. Uh, we are back with you again for a second straight day after a second straight win for the Red Sox. The offense is just absolutely locked in right now. Uh, scored 12 runs in this game, hit another grand slam, the third in the span of two games. Um, also got an outstanding pitching performance from Eduardo Rodriguez, which we want to make sure does not get overshadowed and uh for today's reaction show it is me matt and i am back with keaton for this one and uh keaton we were talking about a little bit before we started recording but can't remember the last time the red sox played a uh, playoff game with this little amount of stress yeah you're right 
they've all typically been pretty damn close of trying to rapidly think about one of the games against the Astros in 2018. Um, the one that... Uh, JBJ hit the Grand Slam, maybe that. Yeah, but even that was still pretty long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I don't know. I we don't have to go too far down memory lane, but I just <laughs> yeah. every every memory I have of 2018 is Craig Kimbrell bending yeah. and not breaking. So I don't know how many blows there were. <laughs> yeah. Point is, this game uh, this game was over pretty quickly. Red Sox, I, they I guess they didn't score in the first inning, so shame on them for that. But um, <laughs> like I said, they got another Grand Slam. Uh, they now have three in two games. They had three throughout the entire regular season. Um, three Grand Slams, an entire postseason ties an MLB record, obviously. Uh, we hope they have many more games to add upon that. Um, Grand Slam this time was from Kyle Schwarber, but really this, this was just an all-around great day for the offense. Um, Hunter Renfro, the only starter without a hit. He's had a little bit of a tough postseason, but he did draw a couple walks in this game, uh, scored a couple runs. I mean, this offense, like I said at the top, I mean, they're just clicking on all cylinders right now. And, um, and you, this is your chance to gloat. You talked about before the series, the big key was knocking out uh, Astro starters early. They did it again. Uh, Arkady only won an inning in two thirds. And this offense is just doing everything they needed to do so far this series. Yeah. Three for three. Uh, you know, we talked after game one about how tough that was, but so far the Astros are averaging an inning and two thirds from their starters. And that was my, the, the big key come into this series uh, and being able to just, I mean, this is beyond what I had hoped. I was hoping for like drawn out at bats, maybe knock them out in the fourth and then take <laughs> advantage of those middle innings. But they, they are being wildly more aggressive than I thought that they would be while still drawing out at bats. They've had multiple pitch at bats, a ton in this series, and the big one tonight from Alex Verdugo, an 11 pitch at bat, gets on base, extends the inning, allowing Schwarber to get the grand slam with two outs and uh, knock Kitty out of the game. Uh, so that, yeah, it's it's the first three games, you know, it's a bummer uh, about game one, but the first three games have gone just almost exactly as we hoped and scripted in our preview show. Uh, and it, it's hard to see any of that changing now, particularly with uh, you know the starting pitching woes of the Astros. No McCullers, who really kind of has been carrying this team in the playoffs. Uh, the, I tweeted this out, but the through four games against the White Sox, the Astros averaged four and a third innings from the starters. So they, on average, they got into the fifth inning. Uh, but the two longest starts, or I guess uh, longest and then tied for longest, was Lance McCullers, his two starts in that series. He's not there, and it, it shows. And it's a, it's a gaping hole, and the Red Sox are taking advantage. Yeah, I mean, the Astros are extremely lucky that this is not a 3-0 um, series lead for the Red Sox. And, I mean, yeah. not to take anything away from what the Astros did in that first game. They got some clutch hits and all that. But, um, like you said, I mean, this is this is about as well as the Red Sox could have expected. And, I mean, they Bob and I talked about it on the last show, that how important this game was for the Astros because now they're, I mean, they're, pitching situation for game four is just total it's a total disaster <laughs> honestly i mean they have zach granke is probably gonna start if he doesn't start he's gonna pitch their plan at least would be for him to pitch the bulk of the innings but this is not zach granke of um 10 years ago anymore i mean this is 38 year old zach granke he is not the same guy he can always he's a weird enough pitcher that he can always string together a few good innings but he's not a guy you're worried about dominating um i guess in some way, I mean, 
the ass their best two pitchers haven't had to be used the last couple of days. They didn't have to use Christian Javier today, so it's I guess it could be worse for Houston, but it's it would be tough. Um and yeah, I mean this game I thought was just particularly impressive because Arkidi is a guy who he's a different kind of pitcher than Valdez and Garcia, who the Red Sox had knocked out in the first two games, and that he fills up the strike zone. It seemed like it was gonna be harder to build up that pitch count, but they got a couple of walks, and you mentioned the Vertugo at bat. I mean, that was the at bat of the game. Obviously, a lot happened after that. That was the first base runner in the game, but at that point, it kind of seemed like it was going to be a pitcher's duel. It was very, very early, yeah. but um, he had fallen down 0-2. Arkady was kind of rolling through the first uh, four batters of the inning, and then Verdugo was able to fight back, and um, the floodgates just opened from there, so... Um, like I said, 12 runs, the grand slam from Schwarber, they got a two-run homer from Martinez, a two-run homer from Christian Arroyo, who finally uh, showed a little bit of life in this game. Uh, Christian Vasquez with a couple big hits, Rafael Devers um, with a home run at the very end to kind of put the cherry on top. Um, it was just it was just one of those days where it was everybody contributing up and down the lineup. Yeah, and, and you, know, you mentioned not losing Eduardo Rodriguez's start in all of this. I think that's just as huge as, as the offense yeah. being able to get on top of the pitching here because as it stands for the Red Sox, their pitching situation going into game four is the complete opposite of the Astros. They have everybody healthy and available because Eduardo Rodriguez was able to go deep in this game and then coupled with the offense, they were able to turn to Martin Perez and Sarah Moore who are probably guys not getting high leverage uh, mm-hmm. innings or you'd hope to not see get high leverage <laughs> innings yes. uh, throughout the rest of the series. So the Red Sox essentially have their full complement of relievers available ready to go game four, uh, Pavetta ready to start and go the ball, hopefully the bulk of the innings there. It's that getting that start from Rodriguez, one for his own confidence, but two for the confidence of, uh, you know, the entire pitching staff top to bottom. That was a huge start. And for him to go six innings, no walks, seven strikeouts, the one mistake to Tucker on a two, uh, Oh, two pitch, I believe two strike pitch, yeah. uh, was very close to getting out of it, uh, going his you know six innings, shut out um so he just looked great and the velocity was up way up he just looks so sharp it's the sharpest i think we've seen him pitch all season yeah i mean that was the best we've seen him since um the second half in 2019 i think obviously yeah um, he didn't pitch at all in 2020 but that was like the rodriguez where we finally thought we were seeing the potential and we haven't seen that really all year maybe an inning or so at a time but not for a whole start like this um and like you said i mean with the pitching staff the only reliever of consequence the Red Sox used in this game is Hansel Robles. Uh he threw nine pitches. So he's good to go. He's not he yep. should be good to go for the next two days, unless obviously, I mean, if he goes tomorrow and throws a lot of pitches, that changes things. But theoretically he could go both of these the re- every game for the rest of the series if they really needed him to. Um which is huge. And I mean just to single in on Rodriguez a little bit and um zoom in on his performance and you mentioned the velocity especially right off the bat i mean he came out throwing 96 uh in the first inning i don't remember the last time i saw eduardo rodriguez getting that velocity up that high i mean he was clearly very amped up for the start in the best possible way we've seen him sometimes get amped up and it doesn't work but he was hitting the edges um he got a couple of good calls early that really seemed to catapult him um he threw his cutter was unbelievable today he threw one uh, to Correa early in the game to get him looking that moved. I mean, 
I it moved like a plate's length um, or plate's width. I, I've never <laughs> seen his cutter move as much as it was tonight. Um, and it was just, like you said, it was huge for his confidence. It was huge for him personally going into free agency. And now he has two big postseason starts to bring into October um, or into the winter, I should say. Um, but he was, he had everything working. This was, this was the version of Eduardo Rodriguez that we've always expected to see. And we know we can't expect consistently anymore, but at the same time, you still know it's always in there. Yeah. Averaging 92, uh, throughout the regular season coming in throwing 96 that's a massive jump jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what else was really great to see? Someone other than the Red Sox making defensive mistakes and hitting into yes. rally-killing double plays. That was great. Yeah, I mean that was the other big um that was the other big swing moment in this game early in the game um right before the grand slam. Christian Royo almost ended the inning in the at bat before Schwarber's grand slam. Um it was a tough play for Altuve. It was it was hit hard and it took like it was a big hopper and I don't know, I mean just give him a little bit of credit at least, but it was an error. He should have made the play. He could have ended the yep. inning there. Um, and I mean, that was what I was thinking was the key to the series coming in was the defense, but I was talking about the other direction. And I think the Red Sox have played good defense in the series with the Astros generally putting the ball in play. Like they always do. Um, Devers in particular made a couple of good plays in this game, but that's Definitely. two big errors for Altuve already in the series. And um, he's, Typically a very shorthanded second baseman. So this is the Astros looked. Uh, I'm a little nervous to say, but they looked a little shook um, as this they game did. was going along. It they it was. Uh, I don't think they were expecting the series to go as it has so far. No, and I feel like you kind of started to see that with the previous game too. I mean, going down eight nothing off the bat, they were able to kind of climb back a bit. Um, they got two runs in the ninth, which were just kind of the garbage time ho-hum action. Um, and then it just immediately started again. It's like as soon as the Red Sox started to string hits together, it was like the the avalanche was too too much for them to hold back. And it just kind of seemed like that maybe broke them a little bit. Yeah, and I don't remember exactly when it was in that second inning. The Red Sox scored six in the second. That's when the Grand Slam came. Um, at some point, I think it was at right shortly after the Grand Slam, but uh, Maldonado uh, playing catcher for the Astros, um, he was getting visibly pissed off at Arcidi. Just, I mean, Arcidi just didn't have it, and it was throwing everything out of the zone and. Maldonado got up after one ball and took his mask off and started yelling at him and hummed it back at him. And that was, 
seemed like the seams are coming apart at that point. So um, it's great to see. And then obviously that ends up bubbling over a little bit. Um, at the end of Rodriguez's start, this has caused a little bit of a stir on the old Twitter machine. Um, Rodriguez finished his start, uh, pointed to his watch on the way back to the dugout or invisible watch, um, much like Carlos Correa did after his home run in game one. Um, Cora did not like that, started yelling at Rodriguez to stop. Um, I was curious what you thought. I mean, I a lot of people had a lot of different theories on why Cora was doing it. His relationship with the Astros, not wanting to, um, not wanting to wake a sleeping giant, all that sort of stuff. And um, just, I was curious what you thought about that whole situation. Yeah. So um, I kind of going to play both sides a bit. Like I get Cora uh, and why he was a little bit upset about it. Um, it doesn't take a lot, especially in the playoffs for guys to, um, it turns something into motivation that turns a series. Um, Aaron Judge playing New York, New York yep. at Fenway Park, and then the Yankees never win another game in that series. Um, Randy Rosarena getting a little flashy in game one last series, and then the Rays never win another game. Game one, Carlos Correa getting flashy, and the Rays drop the next two games in big fashion. It doesn't take much, though, to swing that back the other way, particularly a team like we, we've talked about the Astros. This is we thought this was going to be a lot tougher of a series and the offense really hasn't kind of woken up yet. Um, you know, they were able to chip away in the later innings in game one, come back for a win, but they've been dead the last two games and it's not going to take much to wake them up. But on the flip side, I absolutely loved it. And I'm all for showboating in all aspects. Like honestly, I mean, as much as it sucks that Correa's came against the Red Sox, it was pretty badass to watch him yeah. just, <laughs> devastatingly drop the bat point to his watch if it wasn't against the red sox i'd probably be like yeah more a lot more of that so uh from a red sox fan's perspective and a guy that just loves showboating i love to see it but i also get why cora was upset about it yeah i was gonna say the same pretty much the same exact thing i mean i was totally fine with rodriguez doing that it was a big start the emotion was obviously there um and it should have been i mean this is it's that time of year you'd be it would be worrisome if that emotion wasn't there but for all the reasons that you said i mean the red Sox are the team that sort of feeds off that energy more than anybody and takes that disrespect and i mean the other one from the last series was the rays um ordering the champagne up to boston because they're still convinced they're going to win the next two and the red Sox catching wind of that and all that and i mean professional athletes that's just how they are and He's probably right that you don't want to do that. I didn't really, it didn't even really cross my mind that it was because of his relationship with Cora. I think I saw so many people saying that, that now I'm thinking I may be underplaying that. But to me, that it was just all about not wanting to give them that motivation, the bulletin board material or whatever that Bill Belichick used to always talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it probably played into it a little bit, but I feel like more in just like the heat of the moment of the playoffs, Cora's not necessarily thinking about like, let's not hurt Correa's feelings. He's probably like, hey, let's win some baseball games. Yeah, exactly. So, like, maybe, maybe it's a small part, but I feel like it was more of the keeping bulletin board material off of the bulletin board. Yeah, I mean, I, there's, I'm sure there's some subconscious parts of Alex Correa that still has a relationship with Carlos Correa, and it's understandable and all that, but, yeah, I don't think that was, I don't think that was on his mind. Um, you had mentioned the, like, how we were talking about before the series, how good this offense is and especially this top half of the lineup um red sox have done 
unbelievable job at keeping these guys in check. And they did so again today. Um, top, uh, what do we get? Top five hitters had only two hits, um, both singles. That's Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, and Correa. Um, no walks. That's that's just not something you see. And I think that's more than anything. I mean, that may be the key to these series because, um, or these last two games. I mean, because. The Red Sox have scored a lot of runs, but it wouldn't have been terribly surprising to see the Astros at least keeping it a game a lot of these times. But um, these guys that that, um, just dominate this offense, they've done nothing this series. No, they haven't. And I think it was outlined on the the broadcast, like Altuve, Brantley, and Alvarez have combined for only four hits the entire series. Um, That that almost would have equaled their team total in hits tonight. Um, so it's like keeping the top half of that lineup quiet has been uh, a huge thing. Because I mean, we, we actually talked about uh, you know, the bottom of the lineup and specifically a guy like Guriel being at the bottom and able to extend innings. And he hasn't had the chance. And he's hitting 500 in this series, but it's done absolutely no damage whatsoever. It's been completely inconsequential, uh, which was something that we wanted to keep our eyes on as this series went along and it seems like again it's something that's playing out exactly as we hoped yeah and um the other thing one of the other things i was curious about in this game um and just an update that i'm getting on uh twitter just as we're speaking um kike hernandez and kyle schwarber were taken out of the game late uh kike was taken out first it was a blowout at that point so it seemed at least a little bit likely that it was due to rest but it was a little bit up in the air because Devers was left in there. Cora did uh, confirm that it was just getting these guys off their feet, which is a little bit of an exhale moment there. But I thought it was a little strange um, and weirdly encouraging that they left Devers in. Um, obviously, they don't have a perfect substitute at third base, but Dahlbeck has done it before, um, including this season. He's been sort of a backup third base when they needed. So um, I think that just means Devers is feeling a lot better. And, of course, he added the home run in the eighth to kind of, like I said, put the cherry on top. So um, good news there on the Kike front and seemingly on the Devers front too. Yeah, really good to see on both. And it was also um... – I mean, unrelated to the injuries, but it was nice to see Hunter Renfro uh, make that play in the field, and hopefully that kind of gives him some confidence. Because you, me- I wanted to come back to this because you mentioned him um, really kind of for the majority of the postseason struggling. He was at least able to draw two walks and get on base tonight. Um, but I think that's something to watch because we've seen this season him kind of have his uh, his hot streaks and his cold streaks, obviously since this was like the best year of his career so far, he's had more hot streaks than cold, but it seems like he's due and he's a guy that can run into a couple solid games here to turn things around and make sure that this series stays going in, in Boston's direction. He's just something I'm going to look somebody I'm looking for to have a breakout game pretty soon. Yeah. It seems like it's only a matter of time, especially after this game, uh, like you said, drawing a couple walks. So he's um, having better at bats at least. And he does, he, Looked a little bit overmatched in one of his at-bats when he struck out, but generally he looked okay today. So um, he's been able to get by with the struggles because everybody else is swinging the bat so well, and Kike Hernandez particularly, who did. Um, he only had two singles in this game, which feels a little underwhelming for him. But, um, I mean, I, I had Hunter Renfro as like one of my big X-factors coming into the series, and that just <laughs> that hasn't played out um, at all. They haven't really needed him, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like it's coming. Um, before we get into some predictions for the next game, anything else from this one I haven't mentioned that you want to bring up? 
Uh, no, I think we hit on it all. We didn't talk. We didn't talk about the uh, the guy doing the uh, Sam Cassell um, taunt with the with the balls, but that was that was a fun moment as well. That guy in the fan, shout out to him if he's listening. <laughs> um, so yeah, game four predictions Tuesday night. Uh, Nick Pavetta going for the Red Sox. I don't think we know the Astros' plan just yet, but it's just going to basically be a throw everything at the wall kind of game for Houston. Uh, what do you got? Score and uh, who wins? Um, man, I have been wildly underestimating the scores of these <laughs> games in my predictions, so I guess I should get a little bit more aggressive. Uh, I'm going to go seven to two, Boston. I'm going to go, I think uh, Houston's going to tie it up. Um, I think their offense is going to finally wake up a little bit. Um, I think both offenses will be going. I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to go Houston 9, Red Sox 8. In a, I don't know. This series just feels like it's going to go 7 for some reason. I know the Red Sox are dominating, but until I, until the series is over, I just refuse to believe this Astros offense is going to die. So I hope I'm wrong, yeah. but that's what I got. Me too. I hope you're wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, leave a rating or end or a review wherever applicable. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account and Keaton is at the Spoken Keats. And you can find all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow with the Game 4 Reaction Show.